0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 66 of the Locked on New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. And, you know, typically we tend to keep things pretty ranger centric on this show. I I think that should usually kind of go without saying because, after all, this is the Locked On Rangers podcast, and I think that most people are tuning in to hear about the Blue Shirts and, and just kind of, you know, share our thoughts on what's going on with the Rangers. Uh, but then you get a story like what happened yesterday, of course, with the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant uh, in a helicopter crash that also took his young daughter Gianna with him. And I think it bears talking about even on a show that's, you know, predominantly about a hockey team that plays in New York. And I know a lot of the other lockdown hosts are, are talking about this today. Some are, some are not. And, you know, to each their own, you know, but for me, it just kind of felt appropriate to at least say a couple of things at the top of the show uh, regarding this and, you You know, I certainly I don't want to make this about me, but I got the news from uh, my best friend. He texted me while I was playing a video game because I was going into work that night. I had a little bit of time to kill. And uh, he just, the the text just said, uh, Kobe, Kobe died. And, you know, you hear that and it's like, no, that that can't be right. I mean, I thought maybe, you know, he was trying to text something else to me. And there was like an autocorrect malfunction where it, it typed something that he didn't want to type. And I, I mean, you hear Kobe, you immediately think Kobe Bryant. And I texted him back, Kobe Bryant. And he said, yeah, helicopter crash. And, you know, this is probably only about 10 minutes at the most after it happened, after it had been reported. So at that point, you're kind of holding out hope that, you know, maybe maybe some jerk online is just playing a sick joke and, and this won't be real and for whatever reason, some, some terrible person decided that it would be funny to make up a story about Kobe Bryant, you know, passing away in a helicopter crash. You're, you're actually hoping for that because it beats the alternative. But then, you know, within a, a short time after that, it, it's confirmed that this is indeed very real. And, you know, what a tragedy and, and even worse that his his young daughter died as well. From what I understand, there were nine people on the plane, including the pilot and you know, first you were hearing five people on the plane, and then it goes to nine people. And I, I know, you know, it's obviously a chaotic, chaotic situation and a tragic situation, and you know, details are are kind of scarce. And but then, you know, to find out that his his daughter was on board and that her friend was on board as well, you know, one of her teammates who had to be about the same age that she was, uh, you know, around thirteen years older. So um, it's just terrible, and it, it's just one of those things. It, it's just a total gut punch when you hear about it, and. It's probably, you know, one of the more shocking stories in sports or otherwise that I've heard, you know, really since I've been alive. I, I can't think of another athlete, you know, other than an athlete dying of old age. You know, I can't think of an athlete that died in a fashion like this that, that's as shocking as this, just completely out of nowhere as this. And somebody that was as big of a, a superstar as Kobe Bryant was, um, you know, you think about Jose Fernandez a couple of years ago. He, of course, the young pitcher for the Marlins, and he died while he was out on his boat. Um and not to compare, de- I mean, it sounds so silly to compare deaths, but, I mean, as much of a budding superstar as Jose Fernandez was, I mean, Kobe Bryant was an international superstar, celebrity, whatever you want to call him, and and for this to happen, again, it just comes out of nowhere, and it's just one of those slaps in the face, and it's one of those reminders that, that life really is precious and that tomorrow is not promised to any of us, and, geez, I mean, it, it's just crazy. You know, I, I just don't know really how to articulate it. I'm sorry if I'm not if I'm kind of all over the place right now, but it, it is one of those stories that does shake you a little bit. And, um, you know, obviously he had he had a family, and I, I just can't even imagine what they're going through right now. He's got three other daughters, and of course his wife. He had former teammates who loved him. He had former opponents who loved him. And, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Nothing can prepare you to for the news that Kobe Bryant has died. It's just a complete shocker to hear something like that. And as far as Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, is concerned, you know, I'm not the biggest basketball fan. I've I've alluded to that on this show before. I I don't think I've watched five minutes of NBA basketball this entire season. It is a sport that I don't know a lot about. It is a sport that I'm sure many of you are far bigger fans of than I am and know far more about the sport than I do. But, you know, I used to watch a little bit, more than I do now. And and with Kobe Bryant and and Shaq on the Lakers, you know, that team was just so good. But the thing that stood out about Kobe more, (coughs) excuse me, more than anything, was the dude was just a competitor and one of the most competitive athletes that I think we've seen, certainly since I've been alive. I mean, you can think about some other ones, you know, you could compare him to, you know, say Michael Jordan, or if you want to go to, to football, maybe Tom Brady, you know, just the most, one of the most ultra competitive athletes that you will ever meet. A guy that went all out every time he stepped onto the court and a guy that always believed that him and his team were going to win. And, you know, it's, it's it's funny because one of the most impressive performances I actually saw from Kobe Bryant, and, you know, I know a lot of people are, are going to talk about, you know, if they talk about his playing days, say, they're going to talk about certainly the 81-point performance. I mean, how, how could you not talk about that? That's, that's just ridiculous. Uh, or any of, you know, his, his performances in the NBA Finals or the postseason. But the one that, that really kind of stood out to me was the NBA Finals against the Detroit Pistons, and specifically Game 5, and the Lakers lost that series four games to one. That was the clinching game for the Pistons to win the NBA championship. But the reason it stood out to me was the Lakers were getting pretty much squashed in that game, and they were down 82-59 to going into the fourth quarter. And, you know, at that time, I tended to root against the Lakers because that's just what a lot of us do, I think. Once you have a team in sports it's like kind of a dynasty, a lot of us kind of tend to root against them, you know, whether it's the Lakers or whether it was the Bulls before them or whether it was the Golden State Warriors in recent years. Or if you want to go to some other sport, you know, maybe the Patriots in football or maybe, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Yankee fan, but I certainly I understand people rooting against them when they kind of had the dynasty in the in the late 90s there. But... uh yeah, the, the thing that, that really stood out about that Game 5 to me was, you know, they were down 82-59 to 59 going into the fourth quarter, and, you know, I'm ready for somebody else to win an NBA championship. I, I thought the Pistons were kind of a cool team, and I was pulling for them in that series, but I'm all ready for, you know, the Lakers to pretty much uh, just mail it in and, and just kind of give up, and, you know, Kobe and, and Shaq as well, but especially Kobe, uh, neither one of those guys had an ounce of quit in them. I mean, they, they continued to fight on every single possession, just worked their tails off, and just kind of... Scratch and clawed their way kind of back into the game. I mean, the final was 100-87, to 87, so almost made a game of it. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, great wins that you could pick from or, you know, the 81-point game or whatever else. And, again, you guys know a lot more. A lot of people listening to this know a lot more about Kobe Bryant and his career than I do. But for me, that was just a performance that always kind of stood out, even though it was in defeat, was, you know, Kobe Bryant was never going to give up, and he always thought that his team was was going to find a way to, to pull it out no matter no matter what the situation was. And uh, like I said, he fought tooth and nail on every possession, all the way until the end of that game. And and Shaq did as well. But I mean, I, th- I think Kobe just kind of, you know, that that kind of just showed what what he was all about in that game, right there, even in defeat. And uh, if there's any silver lining, and again, this is the silverest of linings, it doesn't make uh, doesn't make it any less of a tragedy. But you know, thank God this helicopter yesterday didn't crash into a more populated area or land you know, in a place of business or, or God forbid, you know, a high school or an elementary school. And again, it's still a tragedy. You know, nine people lost their lives, at least two of them, you know, very young girls. And it's a horrible thing. But I mean, this could have been so much worse. I mean, we could be talking if it had crashed in the city or something, you know, this could have taken out. I mean, I, I don't even want to speculate, but it could it, it could have been a lot worse. That That's the bottom line. And, you know, it it's I, I suppose if there is any silver lining here, uh, that would be it. And it's just one of those incidents that, you know, just kind of makes you remember in the grand scheme of things that sports really don't mean that much. I know we're all passionate Ranger fans, and we all want to see this team do great, and we all want them them to make the right moves and trade this player, but don't trade that player and and get this team back to being Stanley Cup contenders. But, you know, then you hear a a story like this where someone dies, and it's just, you know, it puts everything back into perspective. You know, I, I know we have a lot of fun on this podcast, and we talk about the Rangers all the time, but, you know, I might do a segment where, you know, I'm I'm mad because Brady Shea hasn't been good enough at preventing this other man on skates from using a crooked stick to put a round black object into a net between three iron bars. And it, it just sounds so ridiculous when there's a story like this. And, you know, we're going to spend, you know, some of this episode still talking about the Rangers as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just one of those days where it's just like, man, does, does any of this really matter? It, you know, and sports are not life and death. And I think something like this, when it happens, it's kind of a reminder of that. They're they're great fun. But you know, sports are the escape, and, you know, a lot of people uh, really enjoy, you know, watching the Rangers or watching whatever team it is, and it's kind of a a little bit of an escape, and and it's very entertaining, and it's very fun, Um, and and you can't help but be impressed by these athletes and the things they can do no matter what sport it is, but yeah, I mean, in in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, sports, it's the candy dish, you know, it's it's the fun stuff, and, you know, I don't really know what else to say about the whole situation other than, you know, rest in peace, and obviously Kobe Bryant gonna Going to be missed by a lot of people. So we'll talk a little bit about the All-Star festivities from over the weekend and the skills competition as well. And, of course, Chris Kreider, the lone New York Rangers representative at the All-Star festivities. Of course, he takes the place of Timmy Panarin, who's dealing with an injury and Kreider's first trip to the All-Star game. So good for him. Really a cool thing. Um, you know, he played, of course, for Team... Metropolitan and they lost in the first round, if you will, or the semifinals. I don't even know what they call it, honestly. Uh, but basically, the four divisions, you know, they play each other in the semifinals. There's two semifinal games, and they play each other in the finals of the, the All-Star game. Uh, but yeah, the Metropolitan division fell to the Atlantic division 9-5. to five. Chris Kreider gets uh, 7 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time and has uh, minus 3 with two shots on goal, one takeaway. I mean, it's the All-Star game, so I mean, take all these numbers with a grain of salt. Uh, one of the only players actually on the on the metropolitan team that did not get a point uh Latang and Slaven also held pointless. It's barely hockey. I mean we talked about this with Gil Martin from Locked on Islanders, but it's one of those things you know if, if you don't take it too seriously, you can enjoy it and again, I'm sorry you guys i I just didn't get a chance to uh to watch it uh my full time job is actually with w w e and this is one of the bigger weekends of the year uh the Royal Rumble has really turned into kind of an all weekend type of event. And uh, for those of you who don't really follow pro wrestling, um, the Royal Rumble is one of the two or three biggest WWE shows of the year, and it's, it's really kind of the lead-in to WrestleMania. And WrestleMania is essentially the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. It, it really has just become uh, a massive event. And, uh, yeah, I kind of had my hands full with that, so I didn't get a chance to watch the All-Star Game or the skills competitions. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like Chris Cryer, you know, he also competed in the fastest skater competition that was won by... Matthew Barsal of the New York Islanders. I knew Barsal was fast. I didn't I didn't know that he was fastest player in the NHL type of fast, but uh, there you have it, 13.175 seconds for Barsal, and uh, Kreider logged a time of 13.509 seconds. So Kreider finishes in third place. Uh, Connor McDavid was in second place with 13.215 seconds. I believe McDavid had won it the, uh, the season before, and Barsal, uh, you know, eclipsed him here just by about a tenth of a second, not even really, less than a tenth of a second, and Chris Kreider not too far behind those guys, just about four tenths of a second or or three and some change, tenths of a second off the pace, but bottom line, Chris Kreider's really fast, and hey, you know, I mean, again, it's just a silly exhibition, it's just the NHL skills competition, but... You know, Chris Kreider's name is going to continue to come up in trade talks, and I think, you know, as much as I've kind of campaigned for the Rangers to hang on to Chris Kreider uh, through the trade deadline and see if they can't work out a long-term extension with him, I think, if we're being realistic, to put it mildly, there's a better than 50-50 chance that Chris Kreider is going to get traded. And a performance like this, you know, hey, it, it's it's just an exhibition, but the Rangers can now say, this is the third fastest player in the NHL, and he's an all-star. So. I don't know how much it'll help the Rangers as far as a return on the trade, what they get back in exchange for Kreider if they do trade him, but it certainly can't hurt. You know, you can kind of tout this guy now as, as both an all-star and the third fastest player in the entire league, so that's, that's a positive thing for the Rangers, and good for Chris Kreider. You know, going out there and killing it, you know, I did see some video of him skating around the rink, and I mean, it's just, it's just a blue blur dashing around the, the, the rink, basically, so... Yeah, very cool to see. Very cool to see Chris Kreider. You know, again, a guy who's, who's just been a grinder for the Rangers. He's been there for so long, and, and to see him finally rewarded with an all-star game performance, uh, definitely, definitely a cool thing. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. And while we're talking about Crider, you know, we might as well provide some uh, trade updates and that is, you know, Sportsnet had a report, I believe it was on Friday, I think it was before or maybe on Thursday, but regardless, it was, it was after I recorded my last episode for last week. So I didn't get a chance to talk about this, but Sportsnet reports that the Rangers and Crider not currently engage in contract extension discussions and the trade deadline is getting closer. You know, we're down to just about a month, maybe a month and just a couple of days here and. You know, if it's not happening now, if the Rangers aren't right now sitting down with Kreider, I mean, I suppose you never know. You know, they could do something at the zero hour, and maybe maybe Kreider even goes to them and says, hey, can can we talk? Can we see if there's a chance for me to stay here? Anything is possible, but the fact that they're not in a room talking right now, I don't think that bodes well for us Ranger fans who are hoping that they hang on to him through the trade deadline. And, you know, there's also, part of this report also suggested that among the teams interested in dealing for Kreider are the Avalanche, the Bruins. Those those are two teams we've heard over and over, but also the Blues and the Penguins. All those teams are interested. Now, if I had it my way, uh, I'd send them to the Avalanche or maybe the Blues because, you know, I I don't mind either one of those teams. I kind of like both of those teams. And, you know, if Kreider, uh, if Kreider latches on with one of those teams, he's got a chance to go win the Stanley Cup. He also has a chance to win the Stanley Cup if he joins up with the Bruins or the Penguins. But does any Ranger fan want to see Chris Kreider on the Penguins or the Bruins? I think not. And obviously, you would be very conflicted there because if Kreider gets dealt, you know, I think a lot of us are going to wish him all the best and hope for him to to go on and and do great things with his new team that hopefully includes winning the Stanley Cup. But I don't want to see the Bruins win another Stanley Cup, and I don't want to see the Penguins win another Stanley Cup, and I really don't think in Rangerland that I'm alone there, so... Yeah, let's just let's just keep our fingers crossed, uh, A, that the Rangers can extend him. I, maybe you might not agree with that. Maybe there's people listening to this that absolutely believe that Crider should be traded, and certainly the case can be made to do that. But, yeah, fingers crossed that he doesn't go to one of the Rangers uh, arch-rival type teams like, you know, the Bruins or the Penguins or, you know, maybe the Flyers. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out teams. But, yeah, the, the four teams that were mentioned in this report were the Avalanche, Bruins, Blues, and Penguins. And, you know, you give me my choice, send him to a Western Conference team. And also, if you're the Rangers, you know, do your best to create a bidding war because the Avalanche and the Blues, they are, both those teams are right there near the top of the Western Conference. Both of them are bona fide Stanley Cup contenders. Play them off of each other. Hey, Avalanche, the Blues are going to give us such and such. You're going to have to do better than that. And then the Avalanche do better than that. And then you go back to the Blues and you say, hey, the Avalanche are going to give us such and such. And you just keep this going. And, And hopefully you can get multiple teams in on this because, again, I don't know that there's a better player on the trade market or not anyone certainly who's significantly better than Chris Kreider and the Rangers again they're they're helped by the fact that Taylor Hall was already traded and now the Rangers kind of have this whole league in the palm of their hands you know they they can pit these teams against each other and and make teams really pony up the dough if indeed they are interested in trading for Chris Kreider and the other thing I haven't really talked about partially because I don't think it'll happen but it's certainly possible that the Rangers could pull a a Chapman Yankees situation, and what I mean by that is the Yankees had a role as Chapman. they were not going to contend for a World Series this year, and they knew that and they they were sellers at the trade deadline and one of the biggest pieces that they moved was a role as Chapman, and of course they get Glaber Torres in return for a role as Chapman. They send Chapman to the Cubs, and Chapman goes on and he wins the World Series with the Cubs, but then he's a free agent and then he resigns with the Yankees so the the Yankees really got to kind of have their cake and eat it too in that situation and you know it, it's possible possible that that could happen with the rangers i know last year some ranger fans myself included were holding out hope that that's what was going to happen with matt zuccarello that they would trade him and then as soon as he hits free agency in the offseason bring him back on a new deal uh that did not happen of course could it happen with chris Kreider? look it's possible i mean but but that doesn't happen very often in sports. You know, you, you don't see that happen. Uh, the thing with Aroldis Chapman and the Yankees, that was kind of the exception more than it is the rule. I think a lot of times when you trade somebody, you know, they're gone and they're going to sign somewhere else in the offseason. And Chris Kreider is going to have 31 teams that will be, I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them are going to be interested in his services in the off offseason. They'll be looking to, to sign him to a deal. And I'm, I would think the Rangers would at least, you know, Test the waters, see if they can present him with a competitive offer, even if they do trade him this offseason, maybe look to re-sign him as a free agent. It, it's certainly possible, but I don't see it happening. I just think that a lot of the times when you, once you trade somebody, you know, it, it's, it's goodbye. And then kind of part two of this, if you will, is that the New York Post has reported that Ryan Strome is hoping that he will not be traded, and Strom said as much in an interview, uh, basically said, you know, I like it, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but basically said that, you know, I like it here in New York, and I don't really want to go anywhere else. I want to be here. And, you know, Strom, I had him ranked pretty high. I recently did the the trade deadline special, and I think I had him as a 7 out of 10 on a 10 scale, with the uh, 10 being the most likely that he would, he would be traded. And I can't really back down from that because again you know ryan Strom's value as a is at an all-time high right now and teams are going to be looking to acquire him i would love to see ryan Strom stick around with the rangers you know he's, he's had a great season and that chemistry with him and artemi panarin is very real but i don't know i just i get the feeling the way the rangers have done business you know you look at over these past few years we might be looking at trade deadline fire sale 3.0 here because it's, it's kind of been a fire sale last year and the year before that and i i Get the feeling that's where we're heading again, again, with the Rangers being double digit points out of the last playoff spot. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I just get the feeling that Ryan Strom could be on the move, but we'll see. Yeah, you never know how this is going to play out. And uh, I suppose that's going to pretty much wrap things up for today. And uh, again, you know, I my heart goes out to anyone who was affected by the tragedy with Kobe Bryant, uh, first and foremost, his family, and, you know, also... His former teammates, you know, former coaches, anyone who knew him within, you know, the NBA basketball uh, circle. But there might be people listening to this. I mean, there there might be someone listening to this podcast that Kobe Bryant is their all-time favorite athlete. So, you know, my heart goes out to you as well. And yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really know what else to say. It's just a horrible tragedy and, and just one of those reminders that that life uh truly a fragile thing. And, you know, I know around the NBA uh this on Sunday, you know, there were still games. And what a lot of the teams were doing was they were starting the game off with uh, consecutive 24-second shot clock violations because Kobe Bryant, for a good chunk of his career, uh, wore number 24. So what I'm going to do here is uh, just have a 24-second moment of silence as as soon as I stop talking here, and we'll just end the show on that today. So, again, thanks, guys, for joining in, and uh, we'll see you next time.